Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to this latest podcast um, and uh, today we're reviewing uh, the February PR pitches and merger and acquisitions in the UK PR scene with Andrew Block. For those of you that don't know, Andrew is co-founder and non-executive director at Frank PR and head of PR at new business consultancy firm, the AAR. He's also a partner at PCB Partners, where he advises on the buying and selling of marketing services agencies. Thanks so much to the PR podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Andrew, welcome back. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me back. An absolute pleasure. Go on, give us, uh, it's a busy old month, isn't it? It's, uh, lots been going on um, over the past four weeks or so on the pitch side of things. Um, give us your rundown. It has. I mean, there's so much going on, I can't actually mention all of it. So I've just picked out some interesting stuff. Um, first of all, um, City Press won the Siemens account. Um, big pitch, six-way pitch. Um, they have Siemens consolidated UK and Ireland into one agency. Um, it's going to be for strategic corporate, B2B, social media, um, promoting their smart infrastructure, their digital industries business, promoting net zero energy consumption. Um, so that's a big, big win. Part of a trend we're seeing in terms of clients consolidating their agencies, not necessarily to save money, but to make things more efficient and easier to run. Um, good run for City Press. They last year, sort of towards the end of the year, they won eBay and Primark. So another great brand to add to the collection. Yeah, they've had a great time, City Press, haven't they? Uh, and it's an interesting one that because they've sort of become known, I don't know if this is fair or not, they've become well-known in the corporate space, but they now seem to be winning wider briefs. Yeah, they have. I mean, I think the best corporate agencies think with a consumer lens as sort of the two worlds blend together a bit, and some corporate firms struggle a bit when it comes to anything that is more consumer-facing, and City Press have really nailed their proposition and seem to be doing very, very well at the moment. Sorry. Right. Uh, and news from the Romans. Mirrors from the Romans. Um, Heineken, superb brand for them. Um, part of the Heineken portfolio. So Red Stripe, Foster's, Strongbow, all your favourite beers and ciders. Um, they are handling corporate and brands. I guess backing up what I just said um, previously about the two blending together. And they've become part of a roster um, with Cow and Edelman alongside them. So that's a really nice win for them. And and with Cow and Edelman, they were already on the roster, were they? Um, Yes, they were already on, so they've added Romans to that roster. Right. Well, I've been needing to see um, what work comes out of that. Uh, And PHA have been, um, uh, been on a bit of a streak as well. Yeah, they're on a great streak. They've just won Hip Organic. And also muscle squads. Um, so for him, they're um, actually they're doing SEO and PPC. I don't think it's a PR brief. Um, for muscle squad, it's corporate and consumer PR. Um, and you know, I'm sure you use them, but um, for anyone that doesn't know, they're an online fitness equipment brand. Um, so yeah, two nice wins there. Um, then Ranieri have had a really nice win. They've won. 
Asus, a computer and electronics brand um, in the UK to handle PR and influencer work. Um, previously held by Hotwire for about 10 years, I think. So, um, and Hotwire did an excellent job for them. So, big shoes to fill, big account for them. Um, Stir have won Tropicola. Um, as, as you know, Stir do a lot of food and drink work as well as general consumer, but um, Tropicana is a really nice one. But then consumer. Didn't and- they have a rebrand not so long ago? Was that Tropicana? I can't quite remember now, but maybe they've gone back. I don't know. Don't know. We'll look it up. There was some. There was some social media stare on it. But anyway, okay. Yeah, they, yeah, forgive the pun. Um, okay. uh, but a big win for for BCW. What, what's happened there? That's um, yeah, really really big win for them. So they've won Swissport, who are global aviation services. Um, they are. I mean, if you don't know, it's it's a massive massive company, fifty thousand of employees. They provide um, airport ground services, cargo handling you know, serve 100 million odd passengers a year. Um, now, they were previously working with about a dozen local and regional agencies, and what they've done is put everything into BCW, so PR, public affairs, crisis work. Um, it's a three-year contract. They want it off the back of a seven-way tender, um, and it's all about making their communications more effective, more agile, um, and again, sort of follows this trend of companies just trying to make their life with agencies a little bit simpler. Um, is so that, is that right? You, you'd identify one of the trends of, um, uh, I don't know, 2023 so far, it's early days, to be around a, a bit more consolidation than we've seen previously. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's not a brand new trend. I think it's something that we've been seeing for the last couple of years. But it's, I think it's two things. One, clients sort of suddenly just having a number of agencies that just feels a bit out of control, hard to manage. And then I think the second thing which links into it is, you know, agencies for a number of years have been putting their hands up saying, yeah, we can do that, we can do that. And then clients sort of slowly realising that perhaps the agencies that said they could do stuff aren't necessarily the best place to be doing it. Um, So, I mean, actually with AAR at the moment, one of the main things that I've been spending my time on is really working with clients to help them sort out their agency mix because it suddenly just feels a bit burdensome and complicated and they don't know who to turn to for what. It's not necessarily about cost-saving efficiencies because just because you plough things into one agency doesn't necessarily mean it's cheaper or more cost-effective than working with several agencies. It's much more about having the right people in the right seats, doing the right roles to the client. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you, it's a bit of that over-promising from, from agency side, so that they can do stuff that they can't, and it turns out they can't. I mean, I just think, I mean, some of it is that, some of it is the disciplines have evolved a little bit. So, you know, if I think of, you know, influencer marketing or something like that, most PR agencies can do influencer marketing, but when you get into the the weeds of it, and depending on what is involved, whether it's earned, whether it's paid, whether it's a combination of the two, whether it's big endorsements, whether it's content creation. Some agencies can do that in the PR space, but sometimes it's better to hire an influencer specialist and a standalone. Same with social and digital media. Most PR agencies are capable of it, but where there's a specific brief, it's not necessarily within their comfort zone. Um, so I, I can, you know, I can, it's not just PR agencies, you know, with, 
I see it. I mean, actually, I think media agencies are probably the biggest culprits of putting their hands up to say they can do everything. As with ad agencies who say, you know, we can do PR, some of them can, some of them can't. And then the problem is clients, I think a few years in from this trend starting to happen, of now having to unravel it a little bit because it just the agencies aren't necessarily playing together as nicely as they would like. They're not necessarily playing to their strengths. And rather than thinking of what's best for a client, there's this kind of land grab type situation that's going on. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, most of the stuff I'm working on with AAR at the moment is actually trying to unravel stuff before we even get to the pitch stage because they want to know who are the right agencies within their mix. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, I suppose I come a little bit on the other side of that because every agency, PR agency, CEO I talk to is, is no, not everyone, but you know what I mean, that there is a trend of hiring specialists, isn't it, within, be that within paid media side yeah. of things, within influencer, within data, within content creation, within creativity, within planning, you know, it goes on and on. So you could, I, I would suspect if a bunch of agency, PR agency CEOs would hear you talk like that, they say, well, actually, we're building those credentials, Andrew. Yeah, which is fair enough. Um, and, and, you know, some agencies can, some agencies um, it's scale, is it? I mean, that's the key bit on that, isn't it? You, you need scale to be scale. able to afford those wages. Is that is that basically right? I mean, it's sometimes it's 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 probably down to the specific brief of a client. You know, and, I, and I'm a great believer in in a lot of instances, PR is best place to handle anything that has a storytelling earned narrative within it. Um, but it's not always. The case, and I think where when I look from the outside into the PR agency world, probably the main weakness is the paid side and the media planning that goes alongside an earned campaign. Right, um, and of course, there's good and there's bad agencies and somewhere in between. But I think you know a lot of agencies probably took on stuff that they shouldn't have necessarily done. Um, and as the disciplines have evolved and become even more specialist, sometimes you need something separate. And then I think for clients, whilst there are massive benefits of consolidating into fewer agencies, actually they don't want to lose the benefit of having different creative viewpoints, different strategic viewpoints. So it's all, you know, what's yeah. right for one client is not necessarily right for another. I think all that's happened. You know, and in some instances, it's, it's a case of just reviewing stuff and saying, Do you know what, you've got it right. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of clients are coming to us just for a bit of a sense check because it all feels a bit muddled and messy. And even if the PR agency, for example, is doing a great job, they've got the media agency in the area. They've got social specialists targeting them, saying, can we do your social? It'll be better than your PR agency. And they just... They just want a bit of independent advice. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that is a that's a, a, a never-ending journey. That one, isn't it, between specialism and oh, generalist, so. and and you know, do, the coordination and benefits and ease of having a generalist versus the the loss of specialist knowledge. Will that will be that will go on forever? I think, won't it? Yeah, and often the agencies that win are the ones that have the best client relationships and are best at client servicing. Yes. Actually, that's what a client wants is for their life to be a bit simpler. And I think, you know, look, we're entering some sort of recessionary period. We don't really know how bad that looks or what it's going to I'm feeling positive, Andrew, so don't talk about it. 
I understand um, massively positive, but I think what it does is it forces clients whenever there's change just to sit up and review what's going on. So yeah, yeah well, that's fair enough. At all. So yeah. go on, we, we went off on a bit of a tangent, didn't we? Uh, some uh, a win for Fin Partners. Yeah, Fin One Wagamama, one of my favourite brands, um, looking after consumer and, and influence. They actually were doing some projects for them. They've moved on to a retainer. Um, again, a bit of a trend, clients testing out agencies with projects before they move into a deeper relationship. Um, Fine. Well, an unknown uh, fact, or a little known fact, Andrew, is that I have arthritis in my thumbs, so the old the old chopsticks and me don't get on well. So me and Wagamama's is not 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 one of my favourites, but there you go. I'll buy you a fork, Ben. Good <laughs> um, relations. Go on, talk to us about good relations. I was going to just say, think also one Greater Palm Springs. Oh, California. yeah. So okay. maybe you need a bit of sunshine for your arthritis. I'll buy you a fork. Maybe you can do a free holiday. You can buy me the flight, Andrew. It's very kind of you. Okay. Okay. No worries. <laughs> um, or maybe speak to Good Relations, just like <laughs> Um, which is a big, big brief. Um, actually, the travel bit that they're specialising on is honeymoons. Um, you could always have a second honeymoon. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, Big brand, retailer as well, 26 outlets in the UK. That's a really nice one. So now the ones we talked about, that's one of the biggest, is it? That QA yeah, one. That's, yeah, that's that a big one. Biggie. Well, I think yeah, there's a few biggest that I've just mentioned, but that's one of them. And, good right. and, and continues a, a quietly, um, a quiet but fairly uh, steady um, win um, streak for good relations, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they're in some ways a little bit of a dark horse of the PR industry. You don't hear masses about them. They're quietly confident, but their work is superb um, and a great balance of being able to do that steady press office type role mixed with the more creative brand work. But yeah, very, very impressive agency that probably should be shouting a bit more about themselves. Right. And then moving on to M&A, um, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, we uh, there's a, a, a really good podcast we did, uh, well, both Andrew and I did actually, with Howard Kosky, the CEO of Marketeers, and talking about uh, well, a bit of an inside perspective on uh, on that sale there. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go and have a look um, at that one. We'll include the link to that on this podcast. Um, but beyond that, Andrew, what, what else have you seen? Um, so beyond that, the other one that sort of hit the national press last week was Social Chain. Um, they sold to Brave Bison, who are a great social media and digital agency. Um, I think that one's caused a bit of confusion in the market. It's yeah, I mean, I, I went a bit dark side on this, but you tell me that I, I was wrong to do that. You, <laughs> you were wrong to do that. Then. So I think where the confusion comes in is... Social Chain is the agency that Stephen Bartlett founded a number of years ago. When he sold that business, there was figures that were quoted as the sort of 300 million mark, and they reverse sold it into a, a public company that was listed on the German stock exchange. That company then rebranded, and it was a sort of social commerce company. Um, they rebranded as Social Chain AG, and that became the holding company. Um, so when that sort of 300 million figure was banded around, I think what it's done is confused people. How come, where, how's it gone from 300 million to 
Um, social chain is part of the agency business of that holding company, um, quite a small part of it, and it's only one bit for the agency business, um, the UK bit. Um, and without sort of breaching any confidence um, and confidentiality, they did a pretty good deal based on their city income, their um, EBIT. So, and do you also, mean last time around or this time around? Uh, both deals were great, but I was talking about this one. So, um, what Social Chain AG are doing um, are getting rid of their agency business and focusing on the commerce side of it. So, there's still a couple of bits left within that group. I would think um, if I was a betting man by the time we speak next month, there'd be other bits of that group that would have gone. Um, but they're now they're focusing on e-commerce. They're, I mean, now that 300 million figure is worth a lot less. Their stock price has plummeted somewhat in line with everyone else. I think now they're probably about 70, 80 million. Right. Uh, but for social chain as a business, you know, social chain were the great innovators in this space. Lots of people copied their model. Um, they were the first to do it. Really good agency. Brave Bison, really, really strong social agency, digital agency, founded by two brothers. Very, very ambitious, growing fast. So I think it was a great, great acquisition for them. Finally. Um, I mean, I guess that over here, that's kind of complicated by whether people like um, uh, Bartlett or not, isn't it? But um, there we go. Uh, and then um, Parity have been shopping again. They have been shopping. They bought um, an Australian agency called Sefiani. Um, it's their first acquisition in, the, in this region and part of their global growth strategy. Sefiani... Um, are specialists in reputation, crisis, issues management, and also do quite a lot of sustainability work. They're only a small agency, 20-ish staff, but they've got great clients, EY, Airbus, Henkel, L'Oreal. Um, but, you know, Clarity are on a bit of a run last couple of years. They bought 93 Digital, they bought Political Intelligence, they bought Three Hats, um, and continue to be on a bit of a spree, I think, where they're going now is, looking into APAC and building a global footprint, which is great. Quite a few micro deals in there, isn't there? Like there's been some bigger ones as well, but they've just added quite, well, I don't know about quietly, but they've just been adding expertise a lot of the time, eh? Yeah, they have. And, you know, this is, we've talked about this trend previously, but it's part of these sort of mid-tier agencies, independent agencies that got their cash um, and either looking to expand their footprint or expand their specialisms and, you know, a lot of the deals that are happening at the moment are at this level. And a lot of the briefs I'm getting are from PR agencies that just want bolt-on acquisitions, not massive in terms of money necessarily, in terms of the size of the deal, but quite specific in terms of specialisms they're looking for. And really what they're doing is following the trends of the bigger groups that have been doing this for for the last few years you know, we've got we got sammy from clarity on the show in a couple of weeks so so listen out for that one um and a couple more um m a uh, deals and news you've seen as well yep so AMM um bought down walker um down walker got great reputation in the beauty um health and wellness space and again A&M, is that is that a uk they're not one i'm aware of that is that a uk yes, deal? Yes, uk deal um 
A&M are sort of following this same strategy of building a network, but actually really, really niche. So they're buying what I would call best-in-class agencies in the lifestyle, particularly premium lifestyle sector. So they bought um, LDR, which is a drinks agency. Um, they, 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 they're just sort of, I, I don't quite follow the strategy, but I think it's about building a PR specialist in premium lifestyle. So right. now they've got beauty, they've got drinks. They're so you can, you can see it. It's a sort of vertical yeah. um, um, uh, acquisition um, type uh, strategy, isn't it? And Spider bought a tiger. Spider bought a tiger, a white tiger to be specific. So white tiger, a lifestyle PR agency that specialises in broadcast, consumer broadcast. PR. Um, and again, Spider, well, they haven't done much yet, but they've said this will be the first in a round of deals with specialist agencies. So I'm not sure what those specialisms will be. Um, again, pretty small deal, what I would call a micro deal. But it's interesting that there's not a lot to do with cash. If you're sitting on cash as an agency, you're not really making much in terms of interest. You might as well use it to build. And that's, yeah. I think, was happening service. so what in, in essence people have got some a bit, pr agencies in the main have had a good few years um and they are thinking of investing that cash um so when they come out of the recession on the other side if there is a recession they're in uh, better shape than some of their peers yeah absolutely it's always the quickest way to grow you know you can grow and grow through acquisition if you're going to go through yeah really inorganic is always going to be the quickest way to do it and if you don't need to take the cash out as a dividend there's no point having it just sitting around doing nothing to you you might as well use it and take a punt and build and strengthen in different areas different geographies so it's it seems to be what's happening quite a lot at the moment. andrew thank you so much for coming on the show see you next month see you next month going pleasure as always Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.